Lovewell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo Podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com. Hey, welcome in, everyone. This is the Sacred Echo Podcast with me, Tim Gillespie, with uh, David Ferguson from our Chattanooga campus and Pastor Patty McCoy from our Portland campus. I'm assuming you guys are both doing well because it took us like 25 minutes to get on now that we're finally here. I I think Dave said it best. It's the perfect setup for our conversation today um, because (laughs) nothing was working for some reason or another. Good to see you both, though. Good to see you, Dave. Um, it, it just certainly seems like you're, uh, um, to tie it in, it certainly seems like your equipment was possessed today. Yes, yes. I very much believe that's the case. And it almost went out the window. So in the name of Jesus, let's be clear. You almost threw it off a threw it off a, uh, a cliff into the water. It, it, or a herd of pigs. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So today we're talking about um, we're talking about demon possession. We're talking about mental health. Now, Patty, you put this in to um, kind of the 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 series because this is something that um, you thought it was important that we talk about, and um, but now we got to talk about it. Yeah. And um, maybe maybe let's start by I'll, I'll just ask you why you why you thought it was important for this particular topic to be in there, and then maybe some. Ex- you know, experiences or experience that some of us might have in this, in this area? Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's interesting because I think that's a common question. Uh, in fact, I just got a magazine in the mail, like is mental health, just demon possession or is demon possession, mental health? Um, you know, what's the connection between those? And, and so I think it's a, it's a question for people. I, I did research. I looked into some, you know, uh, looking for material and other things. And the takeaway seems to be, you know, that, well, one, I believe that demons are real. I believe the devil is real. I don't think the devil is just a metaphor uh, for evil, which some studies, we put this in the series guide, some studies over the years have said that, that more even Christians kind of are starting to believe that the devil is just a metaphor for evil, a symbol of evil, but not real. And my quote that I use all the time is from C.S. Lewis, the devil doesn't care if you fail to believe he exists, or if you're so scared of him, you hide in a corner. Either way, he has you. So though I think demon possession is real, that demons exist, um, I don't think all mental health is demon possession, nor do I think all demon possession shows in mental health. But I think it's an important conversation for us to have and to help people understand theologically, you know, what the devil is up to, but also what the power of Christ is. So Hopefully that kind of sets up a bit of at least my perspective of bringing this to the table for this series. Yeah, Dave, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear what you're thinking. You know the <clears throat> the scriptures don't really dance around this very much. I mean, they they kind of <laughs> boldly, um, continually, it feels like, outline this battle that is beyond just what we experience, right? or what we perceive we experience. Um, you, you can barely go through 
uh, Old or New Testament without bumping into these kinds of conversation points. So that Jesus, when he walks through towns, the Bible will say that he heals everybody and casts the demons out of everybody who is demon-possessed. And that makes it sound like there were an awful lot of demon-possessed people, right? (laughs) Um, I don't feel like as I'm—I mean— you know, it would explain some things in terms of people's behavior and traffic and all sorts of other things, <laughs> but um, but I don't. It, it's not top of mind the way it almost feels like it is in scripture, and that kind of lends itself well to some people going, "Well, that was just their perception." Whenever anything weird's going on, um, and I think the challenge, in part, is to be able to hold more than one thing as true at the same time. We tend so often, I think this has really been helpful to me over time, is to, you know, I think it's uh, Jim Collins in Good to Great or maybe Built to Last where he says, we suffer under the tyranny of or and would be better off with yes and and, right? Um, So that, yeah, yeah, I think it's quite probable that people who um, are locked in on the possibility of demon demon possession can easily overdo that. Right. Um, Which I have an example of I'm very curious to talk about a little bit later. But those of us who are, uh, would want to minimize can overdo that. The scripture is clear. We're in a battle and it goes way beyond humanity. Right. This is Ephesians six twelve. right? For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Um, which, I mean, it opens up a whole, a whole realm of experience and ministry, certainly, but it also, um, I'll, ju- I'll just tell you, I'll give you a little bit of background for me when it comes to kind of this sort of thing. I've been involved in, I think, three or four exorcisms, quote unquote. Um, I think one was absolutely real. I think the other three, we were dealing with mental illness. Um, that presented very similarly, but was a significantly different experience from from my point of view as, a, as you know, a spiritual leader and someone who's who's worked in the space. Um, the, the real one was absolutely frightening and um, uncomfortable in so many different ways. And the other ones were really, you know, there was a, it was dark, but it was, there was something wrong. Um, The first one, there was a darkness that was overwhelming and quite honestly helped me to believe in this concept of, of Satan or this entity of Satan. However, I'll just say this. And when I walked out of that room, I had a long discussion with God saying, this is not necessarily the kind of ministry I want to be involved in the majority of the time, if I can help it. Um, it was not a comfortable place for me, not something I felt comfortable in, not something that I felt really versed in. Um, I know there are some people who kind of lean into that specifically, but um, so that's been kind of my experience with it, along with, along with every once in a while you meet someone and you're like, this is, there's something different here that's probably significantly evil, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind well, of and when, if your if your if your theology is that this is a toggle switch on and off, you either there's nothing going on in the spiritual realm in your life that is potentially negative or could influence you, or you're full on demon possessed. I think you're denying um, 
a whole swath of potential interaction that is healthiest to be aware of, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it makes me think of, too, about um, a, a close uh, a professor of mine that I was really close with who talked about how he felt that for many years he was a uh, practicing um, or no, he called a closet deist. Right. Which a deist, you know, would think that God, you know, got this earth going, created things, got it spinning and then just kind of let it be and doesn't really have isn't really involved in the day to day interactions. And he said he 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 was that he lived that way, even though he wouldn't talk that way. Um, he would talk about God being involved, but his prayer life, worship, these kinds of things. And, and it wasn't until he went overseas and was in another culture where the spiritual realm was much more a part of present everyday life that he, he started to kind of wake up out of that deism, both on the, you know, on the good and the evil side, on the God and the devil side of things. And so I just think, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, the devil is less in your face in our culture um, and uh, subtle and, and all these other kinds of ways in which he tries to get his hooks uh, in you. But I think, you know, Dave is right in the sense of it's, it is a danger again of the either or, um, because, you know, you can deny yourself really meaningful tools to help you heal and grow and get better. If you just say, well, it's just, it, it's just one or it's just the other. Yeah. I, I took, I took that same class just for the record from Dr. Yeah. Dibdahl and it was, yes. uh, it was really hard. It was really hard. I'm not going to lie because I think you're right. I think uh, we in the Western world in particular have a tendency to step into this thing called faith, not expecting very much. Um, but there's also uh, – can I give you guys a rubric that I've always kind of used that I learned um, a long time ago in a philosophy of religion class? Um, so, so think of it as two cliffs looking at each other, if you will. And on one side, we have the manipulation of the material world. We call that technology, right? So your iPhone and everything else that we do to make to manipulate the material world, to make things and to make things useful for us, right? So you've got this side. And on this side, you've got the manipulation of the um, spiritual world. We have a tendency to call that magic for kind of a catch-all term. Um, faith exists in the space in between these two things. Right in the in the unmanipulable God space, if you will, because when you go too far over on one side, when it leans to magic, we are forcing God to do the things that we believe God has to do. You know, we're manipulating that and trying to control that, like much like we do with technology in the material world. On the other side, we've got a faith that is that does seem a lot more like deism, right? That that has no expectation of anything supernatural happening, and this becomes a really you know, as Adventists, I think traditionally we have shied away from the overly, overly spiritual and probably moved a little bit more towards a, a less spiritual interaction or supernatural interaction, perhaps, perhaps we should say. Although Jesus dealt with the supernatural like it was the, just the super ordinary. It was just recognition that this is there and, and he has power over it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the rubric that I've always functioned under for a significant amount of time. That's good. You know, Patty, I really appreciated the inclusion of Revelation chapter 12 in this conversation, right? That uh, that there's a war <clears throat> that's going on, and, and 
we are not actually the center point of that war. I think that's one of the points that uh, the danger points of denying um, spiritism or the devil or is is that we are lured into turning the Bible into a pretty fantastic story about me and my life, and that's not. I I'm a bit player in this thing. Uh, it's a story about God and a battle for his reputation, and um, and we weren't the first to start this whole situation. Um, on the other hand, <clears throat> I'll tell you this experience that I had. Um, I was interning, the pastor I was interning under took a call, so now it's just me, and um, that was not the ideal way to intern. And about this point, I get a call from the the head deacon of one of the two churches I am I'm trying to lead in this circumstance, who's telling me that there's a group who has come from Ohio, invited by a, a mother of a teenage girl who is concerned that possibly her teenage girl is demon possessed, and maybe maybe many of us have had that wonder on occasion about teenagers or our own, but had decided to contact this this. Um, this uh, group that was about freeing people from demons from Ohio. And so they were arriving in my church district. And as I was delving into this, it was, it was, it was very interesting theology from my perspective, uh, because the whole idea was that um, very, very likely, if you've got some issue, if you've got an addiction, if you've got, if you, you know, you were under the possession of a demon and that demons needed to be named to be cast out. And so it might be the demon of caffeine or the demon of dishonesty or the demon of... And and the kind of the conversation made me think, you know, we're getting to a point with that theology where I'm not actually responsible. If I've got a problem, it's definitely not me. The, the mm. devil made me do it kind of a thing. And the, the, the natural question I had was, well, so who's the devil's devil? <laughs> If sin isn't a problem all on its own, how did this happen? You know, mm. I, I think if we're not careful, we swing way to another side where we don't take personal responsibility, we don't have our own agency. Um, and, you know, I, I personally am of the belief that the number one biggest problem for me is not the devil, it's sin. The devil's just an incredibly gifted carrier, and um, but but it could be you or me, right? <laughs> Who is participating on the wrong side of things in a way that that plays into that problem too? Uh, that's yeah, Dave. That's sorry. That's a that's a good point because th- there is a role that we can play in all of this, right? And we we spoke to that a little bit in the series guide too. Some of the choices we make, some of the doors we open for sin to take hold. Um, and I think the devil is a crafty, um, you know, being that knows how to use those weaknesses and, and turn the dial up, so to speak, turn the volume up on those, um, to increase that struggle and, and, you know, can get a foothold in your life based on choices and things you've made and, and the sins and the temptations and the struggles that you have, um, and amplify those to make it worse. My litmus test on that is John ten ten. You know, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, 
Um, but I, Jesus, have come to give you life and life abundant. So, you know, the things you are, are investing in, are the, are the things you're spending time with, are they giving you life or are they taking it away? Are your thoughts adding uh, to life, yours, those around you, or is it stealing it away um, as, as one of those markers? But, you know, it's interesting in, in my ministry journey, when I talk about the devil, sometimes I have people that will come up to me and say, don't, don't talk about the devil. Don't, don't mention his name. Don't give him more, you know, credit. Like you're drawing attention to yourself or to us um, by talking about the devil, which, you know, is, is the side of the equation. Go back to the C.S. Lewis quote. It's like, well, then you're just, you're hiding. You're scared. Um, you know, and, and the, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's, um, and, and so part of it is, is again, it's reminding people, yeah, it's a battle and it can be a struggle. Um, but when you're talking about the devil, um, Jesus is bigger, <laughs> uh, and, and helping people get that. And I remember in the midst of my own mental health journey, and I, I came across that passage in revelation where not revelation 12, but in revelation 20, I believe where, um, you know, uh, it, it, after all these things happen, an angel comes and binds up the devil um, and chains him for, you know, a period of time. And, and it hit me that that process took one angel. Um, and it, it wasn't a, a legion. It wasn't a, you know, we've got to go. We've got to get the devil. It was one angel in that context. And, and that was another one of those things, aside from reading through the gospels and other places where those encounters happen, it's just like, let's, let's, let's put, yeah, the devil exists. The devil's an enemy. The devil knows what he's doing, but let's put him in his place. Okay. Let me ask a couple questions here. Right. So if, if uh, the name of Jesus is, you know, can, can oust demons, can, thwart satan uh why don't first of all what is there to worry about second of all um how is it even a part of anything i mean it seems like it would be very easy to kind of throw it out um you know in the name of jesus this is not a thing right why is it harder than that or is it i mean again i don't know that any any of the three of us are necessarily like exorcists in general, <laughs> right? I don't think that that's a huge part of our ministry. We haven't really talked about it before. Um, but I know, listen, I've had people that have come and said, hey, I'm dealing with demon possession, and it's definitely not that, right? Um, yeah. But it seems like in the name of Jesus is pretty easy. So just a quick story. Yesterday, weirdly, um, I had someone call me up, and um, it's somebody who's been dealing with someone who has definitely had attacks that very, very much seem demonic in a, in a big sense in her life. Like this girl's been dealing with stuff for a long time and there's some darkness in her father's family. It sounds like, um, some opening up to that and maybe even like really kind of living in that kind of lifestyle, um, very evil and very difficult things. And so the person was asking me like, what do we, what do we do? And, because I think I'm, my worldview doesn't have a lot of space for this. It has some, but not a lot. You know, I'm kind of hemming and hawing. Finally, I was like, okay, well, I just go in. I mean, if this is the place where this person is, go in and, and call in the name of Jesus. It should be that simple, but is it? <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus gave the disciples authority to cast out demons. And then they have the experience after the transfiguration where that seems to be what they're dealing with um, and they can't do it. 
So those were the disciples uh, having just spent time with Jesus. Jesus goes up. They're dealing with this. Jesus comes back. And it was the, the advice, if I remember correctly, was, you know, some of these can only come out by, by prayer, um, which, which seemed to say it wasn't just, you know, in the name of Jesus come out. It seemed to say, like, prayer as a work, as a time commitment, um, you know, and, and not just a, a speaking of the name. Um, so just, just giving that as an illustration, um, you know, from, from scripture on that, 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 that I think you're right. It's not always, you know, it's, it's not an easy, clear cut black and white experience. Yeah. I, I am, am, uh, um, made very, very nervous by the conversation around, uh, demon possession and the idea that somebody is concerned about possession and could I come in and, and work on casting them out that I've made very nervous by that just to be, if I'm honest about it, I'm more honesty. I'm made a little nervous also by people who would promote themselves as the person to call. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes me very nervous too. <laughs> I'm not sure what, what all's going on there. And maybe it's a weakness of my own, but um, you know, to, to set up a whole ministry around a very specific angle like that is it just makes me nervous i don't know what how else to describe it um i i man i feel very clueless in in some regards about uh, regarding this whole the conversation my probably my answer is to what to do is the same same for so many situations is simply i'm gonna try this is a big alarm clock whenever I would get a call like that. I want to be right where Jesus is. And um, if that means that we're going somewhere to talk to somebody, I'm going to need to really center on the Jesus being going into that room first. <laughs> I'll go where you're going. That's kind of my best answer to these situations is, okay, we'll, we will not withhold ourselves from people in need but I'm going where Jesus goes. I'm going with Jesus, and that's my best game plan. I don't, uh, you know, like this group that I was describing before, they had a whole specific process for how you name demons and pray them out, and and, and that just all just made me just very nervous because it feels to me like maybe demons could be smarter than that. <laughs> And maybe the devil, if you know, it's it's either because Jesus is there, or else I'm not sure this is going to work. Um, yeah. And that's the you know, that's that's yeah. kind of what I was talking about when we we're talking about like moving a little bit more towards magic um, or that manipulation of of the spiritual world. Which uh, maybe this is a good example or not. But do you, do you remember that book, The Prayer of Jabez? Did we talk about this before? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that book, the prayer of Jabez. We all start praying it, right? So we could, you know, have God increase our bound borders. And it it felt like, after a few days, it felt like, well, this is a weird mantra that God is now forced into doing this. Like that doesn't feel right to me. That feels like it feels like what I'm doing then becomes the impetus for God doing something, which which. Yeah. Again, you know, moves us towards a, a a myopic and very narcissistic understanding of all of this, right? And I've noticed that yeah. people who who are in this realm too much, 
not too much, I don't know, who are in this realm a great deal, sometimes take a interesting kind of authority in the midst of it that they claim, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important, Tim, because, I, I mean, look, I I said in the start of sermon series, like, I'm, I'm nervous to write about this because it's such a big topic that people tend to really struggle with and get confused. And I don't, I don't claim to be any expert. I, you know, I always claim the, was it Peterson that uh, Eugene Peterson that said there's no experts in the company of Jesus? Hmm. Um, I don't know, know, but that sounds like something he'd say. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds like something. And, you know, so in that sense, it's like, I, I think what you're speaking to is, yeah, could we pray the right words to get God to move. Sounds like we're manipulating or controlling God um, in that sense. And and I'm in the same, like Dave, you said it well, it's like, man, I I've been in some of those situations where all I can do is just say the name of Jesus because I don't know what to say, but I, but I know, I know the, the one to cling to, I guess in, in those moments. And, and that's that's what I feel is all that I have to offer um, is, 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 you know, just reaching out for Jesus in those situations. But I don't, um, I, I, I don't, yeah, I guess I'm wary of anybody who feels like they're the expert or here's the, the prayer. Um, and, you know, that sounds like an incantation. Right. There's an equal opportunity to be flippant at either end of the or, right? Mm-hmm. Either. I, I think they're just honestly, um, while we don't tend to experience in North America the same kinds of things you might in Africa, on the other hand, I think it's pretty easy to be flippant about the spiritual warfare that might be going on, even in our own media and culture, and right, and and kind of almost flirtatious with the demonic, um, out of this sense that it's all just a cartoon. That's another C.S. Lewis <laughs> favorite reference: is that we turn it into a cartoon, and then who would be scared of that? Um, but it's so easy to get flippant on the other end, right? The idea, I mean, hey, great news if you bump into a, a dumb demon, but I'm not sure you should be counting on that, um, that maybe it's a complexity that goes beyond us, and we're definitely the passenger hanging on to the, the garments of Christ on this whole situation. I mean, there are times when I can... F- feel a little bit more expert at something than others, but this is one I just know for sure I'm not. Um, So I think maybe one of the questions I would have then is, all right, because this is in the context of a conversation around mental health. What is appropriate even to talk about with regard to the demonic or demon possession? Because about that time you discount somebody's journey or you overblow it in a certain direction, or you deny that there's a spiritual component in this. It feels like there are just potholes and pitfalls (laughs) at every turn to kind of fall into and steer the wrong direction. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think in that, that vein, um, Dave, that when it, when it comes to mental health and, and uh, you know, that there are, you know, what, what did Jesus call the, the, the devil, the father of lies, right? And I, I think part of what the devil does is, is whether consciously or subconsciously, we, we start to believe in these lies about ourselves, these lies about the world. Um, and then, and then we learn to adapt and, and try to survive those lies, which creates patterns and ways of thinking that aren't good. Um, 
you know, and, and that's not, that's to say that I think that, you know, again, we've talked about this before in the series, like addressing our mental health uh, struggles have to be on all levels, right? Physically, mentally, spiritually, and to deny one of those or to think those aren't connected is, is part of our problem um, in it, right? That it's just one area or one thing that has to be addressed. Um, And so, you know, I think on a practical level, that's that's one of the ways that the the devil can participate in that mental health. Again, just kind of knowing what your weaknesses are, um, and and turning up the volume on those. And I think that um, you know we've got to listen to each other. We've got to listen to stories as much as we can. And, um, you know, again, we're not the healthcare, we're not the mental healthcare professionals. We're not the physicians, but from a spiritual side of things, um, you know, we can listen to stories and try to, you know, help people identify where Jesus shows up in those stories and where maybe the devil might, you know, be trying to, uh, be involved, um, you know, as well. So it's a, it's a tough dance, so to speak in that sense. Yeah. I think that, I think that in particular, when we talk about, um, kind of demon possession, if we're particular on that and mental health, we're talking about a pretty severe mental health situation if it's if it's presenting itself like demon possession, right? It has a tendency to kind of lean towards, I think, kind of schizophrenia and that and that kind of presentation. Um, and I, I've always kind of noticed this when someone says, "I th- I think I'm possessed," that's usually not like there's an awareness of not understanding because possession has a tendency to be a little secretive and and. Um, there's not so much an acknowledgement of that um, coming from coming from the person who's who's possessed. They don't necessarily they just right. know something is wrong. Pretty low um, levels of self awareness usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's not a like I you know I'm I'm struggling with something. I think the first question is when someone says I'm really struggling and it feels like I'm hearing voices or it feels like, like we're going to approach that from a mental health standpoint first and foremost, right? Um, I mean, we're going to pray with them. Certainly there's a spiritual component to this as well for us as pastors. We're going to pray. We're going to walk through it. Chances are, um, if it's a mental health issue, prayer's not going to finish that work. Um, And if it's just purely demon possession, that's going to present itself. And then prayer will kind of be the answer to that in some respects, right? Um, So... So, you know, the effects of therapy make a difference, right, in how we approach it, whether they claim to be possessed or whether they're dealing with something, you know, a family member comes and says, hey, something very strange is happening here. Um, You know, I've never met, I've never understood, and I'm, again, not an expert in this, I've never understood someone who's possessed to be really interested in having a pastor around. Um, (laughs) Because... Because demon possession, like they never really liked Jesus being around. They didn't like the right. devil being around. They were, I mean, the disciples, not the devil. Uh, the disciples, they were a lot happier without that. So that's not something that usually someone who is possessed is going to be asking for, but perhaps family will. Um, and, you know, right. so so I think there's a lot to wade through. And I think, I think Dave, you're right, right? Your story about the people from Ohio. And by the way, is it just Ohio's problem? Is that... <laughs> Maybe. Um, How did I but, know that was gonna that was gonna it, come up in my? <laughs> it had to eventually. I didn't direct it particularly to Patty, but um, you know the 
right. The, there's over-spiritualizing and there's under-spiritualizing. And we have to always hold those in tension and in balance, right? So, so maybe, because <clears throat> I think one appropriate question is a person who's sitting there going, well, I'm kind of freaked out by this whole thing, um, this conversation. Oof, how do I make sure this doesn't happen to me? Or it doesn't, you know, right? Because um, I've had that conversation with younger people too. And, and I think... Um, like you say, you don't you don't just show up one day and and are fully possessed by a demon. I don't think, um, <clears throat> in my own ignorance, I admit. But I think um, I think we open ourselves um, by lack of uh, connection with Christ to all sorts of things, right? Mm. Um, and I love that, you know, in in the in the track of our. Our conversation last weekend, we were talking about the the, the temptations of Christ. So he's not demon possessed, though he will be accused of that. By the way, <laughs> he he is under attack, right? And um, just in my own study, and as we were talking, I, I just love this notion that core to these temptations of Christ is the lie that you are not who God says you are. Hmm. And I yep. believe if somebody was saying, well, how do I protect myself from ever going? Keep talking to God about who he says you are, yeah. right? Um, that's yep. not a place that makes for easy invasion <laughs> yeah. by the demonic. Um, yeah. Our loops, yeah, I don't need always the devil to be telling me a lie. I can rehearse a lie. Yeah. But I do think he just like a person who's worried about plates that would stop spinning. An occasional juggle or jiggle is about all it would take to get us going again on our own loops, right? And rehearsing who Jesus says we are and going to him to hear who he says we are. To me, I love that that came out so boldly from um, the temptations of Christ as a as a potential inroad and a, and a place that he resisted. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, that's beautiful and perfect. And it was my own experience because in, in, in the worst of my mental health battle, what came out of that was the affirmation that I am God's child in whom he loves and with whom he is well pleased. Um, you know, and, and even though, you know, like saying that a few times and, and trying to claim it didn't just fix everything, but it was a foundational piece to the journey in, in resisting the lies that the devil had told or that I had just believed, you know, over the years about myself, about my reality, about the world, about how God felt about me, um, was just trying to say those words when I, even when I didn't believe them, um, until I started to one day. Yeah, that's maybe I can, I can move, move, a move the question here. How do people get involved in this kind of stuff? so that it's even a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't prep you for that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an easy one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I you know. I, yeah. Go ahead, Patty. I, I well, was preparing the way for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, I, again, I, I think, you know, all of us are saying this as we talked about this, like, man, we feel like we're such you know, rookies or we're, we're, we, we, we don't, we're not experts. Um, we don't know everything in all of this. 
But I do think stories that I have witnessed, people that I have journeyed with, um, there it's no one thing, it seems. Um, but I think Dave kind of mentioned it earlier. It's like, you know, what are we, what and who are we opening ourselves up to? What and who are we giving ourselves, uh, is taking the stage in our lives? Are, are we giving, you know, time and attention and, and I think, you know, that, that can be media, it can be music, it can be um, activity and, and thoughts we entertain and, and all sorts of things that can start us down a road that just makes us a little more susceptible, um, you know. But, but again, I, I, I don't know that it's a one-size-fits-all kind of a response uh, to that question. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I just keep leaning on where Jesus is. That's where life is. Um, where he is not, that's where death begins. And, um, everything about this conversation and any other that we could have is either an argument for that position or against it. And, <clears throat> I I love the idea that so when when I was a little boy my father was a pastor and and I have a couple of faint memories of being in a church service where he was preaching because he shifted out of that role into into a, working in boarding academies as a bible teacher and so it changed but I have this vivid memory of one particular day when he's preaching and I don't remember exactly but it maybe it was somebody like boxer George Foreman or somebody like this he was talking about that he could get into a boxing ring and fight George Foreman if he were on the same side as Muhammad Ali. And this, of course, goes way back to, you know, real throwback names, right? And I just had this vivid idea of, yeah, so my dad would be in the ring, but it would be Muhammad Ali that's doing the fighting. <laughs> and his base point was was that, that, you know, march into the ring with Jesus, then you can <laughs> go confidently. Um, and And this is all a fight, about who God is and who Jesus is and whether we are truly loved and um, whether there is any safety to be had at all, right? Um, and I think, yeah, that John 10.10 model is perfect. We are under threat, not just by ourselves or our neighbor who's goofy. There is a spiritual battle that's going on, and, and there is a thief. And, but I can buy in far enough that I don't even need that thief anymore. I can I can just go down a road of destruction. It's right. all going to be about not whether the devil's not in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but whether Jesus is. That's the question. Um, right. I love that notion. There is no other name <laughs> by which we yep. must be saved. I love the juxtaposition of the word must there. Yeah, and Dave, you actually made me think about the idea too, and I, I think it comes back to your question, Tim, about like I think I think maybe some of the danger is when we think that you know the only way that the devil really is going to show up or get us is if we are demon possessed and it shows up in some supernatural way and and yet I I think you know how the devil tries to get us again it, it, very much in our culture is these subtle little lies about ourselves about who God is um you know and we we can even you know think of believe something that's not true about who God is. 
um, that that can be a foothold into you know how the the devil tries to steal and rob us of the life that Jesus came to give us, right? right. Um, and and so I yeah I, w- there is a battle, um, and we have to be aware of it. And um, you know and and Paul talks about like the things you focus on matters, um, and in the spiritual warfare aspect of it. Um, you know, yeah, where's, where's the focus? Is it on life? Is it on death? Is it on the things that are adding to you and who God says you are, or are they in some way taking it away from you? Because Jesus came to this earth so that, you know, we could not just escape to heaven, but start living heaven here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is a terribly complex conversation from my perspective, but I think the story that we'll probably get into this weekend in our, in our teaching of Jesus casting the demon out of the, the... There's nothing about this conversation that appears from the New Testament and from Scripture to be too complex for Jesus, right? He always shows up, no matter um, if you are in the most complex of demonic circumstances that I would shrink back from. He always shows up, and it's not too complex for him. Yeah, and that's, I mean, this is good theology, right? That it's it's about God, it's about Jesus. That's our focus. It takes off the it takes off the the narcissistic glasses that we often have trying to find us in the midst of the story. Um, it allows God to be God, which is ultimately a lot more powerful than um, than what we bring to the table. And so when we lean into that, it's probably the safest place to be, which I think is probably a good place to stop. Um, on this particular <laughs> podcast. Patty, thanks for bringing this topic into this series. It makes it so much easy, easier to preach. Uh, the fun part for me is that I chose not to preach on it, um, and I'm just bringing um, Sam Lenore into Redlands to let him preach on it. Well, I'm actually going to be up with you, Patty, um, yes. up this weekend on your anniversary. Any good things happening this weekend for you guys? Oh, man, we're, we're excited because, uh, I mean, yeah, it's our, it's our two-year anniversary from launching the weekly services, but uh, as a part of that, which, which not everybody understands how this works. Um, but typically, you know, when you plan a church, you, you start off as a mission group um, in, in the Seventh-day Adventist denomination and then kind of graduate to a, a company and then, and then a full-fledged church. Um, and, uh, and we're being dedicated uh, as a full-fledged church in our conference this weekend. So uh, we're excited to celebrate all that God has done. To, to have you in town for the weekend is always awesome. And we're going to have a block party Saturday night for the church and the community just to, just to celebrate. That's, that's awesome. And then Dave, that's next great. month we've got, well, I guess next, not next month, but the first weekend in November, we've got um, a four-year celebration for you guys, right? It's actually five. It's five. Oh, my there. goodness. Fifth oh, wow. year. Yeah, amazing. 2018. Wow. Yeah. Time that's flies. Wild. God is good. And uh, what's interesting is that next week um, on the October 6th and 7th, we are celebrating our 20th anniversary. Um, so 20 years in this spot from when they planted out of the Azure Hills Church. I'm bringing back the uh, founding pastor, Pastor Michael Connect, and we're going to hang out for that weekend and let him speak to the congregation, even though it's a significantly different congregation than when he started. Um, so yeah, good things are happening all around the network of churches, as we say here at Crosswalk Global. And um, just blessed to be with you guys today. Thank you so much for your time. Patty, thank you so much for exercising the demons of your technology. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'm not sure that you ever did, really. But, uh, 
I'm sure we'll all be praying for that. Thank you guys for joining us on The Sacred Echo. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on The Sacred Echo Podcast. This has been brought to you by Lovewell Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com slash give and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.